Good morning, everyone. Uh, friends, our first reading from Isaiah, uh, the writer who is telling us the words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah has been anointed, uh, being sent uh, to bring the news of salvation and time of grace to the people. And he tells them uh, how to go, how this is going to happen. And uh, Jesus will use this uh, piece of Isaiah and he applies it to himself because Isaiah also refers to the one who will come. St. Paul is being practical. Uh, he is telling uh, the folks how to live their lives as they wait for Jesus Christ to return. Joyfully. Pray unceasingly. And my friends, uh, and so it is. This is how we should be uh, acting always, we Christians. And um, my friends, when it comes to the gospel reading from uh, John, that is taken from uh, St. John, uh, he speaks about John the Baptist, as we heard last week. And John the Baptist uh, has a very central role to play uh, with the coming of the Savior. His role, as we understand it, we heard uh, this morning from the gospel, uh, he is to witness to. He witnesses, he speaks uh, to the, about the light. The light, of course, that we know is Jesus Christ. John the Baptist proved to be a very courageous and effective witness for God. He was a strong personality, to say the least, <laughs> and he was a man of great integrity and principle. He did not settle for a life of comfort, nor did he bargain, nor did he water down God's words. He lived neither in a spacious hut nor palace, but in the desert. His lifestyle as well as his integrity led uh, credence and authority to his words. He was a living example of what he preached. And my friends, when his task was done, he moved aside to make way for Jesus the Christ. And this took great humility. Today, my friends, Jesus still desires, wants, and needs witnesses like John the Baptist. Unfortunately, there are still people who witness faithfully and without great concern for themselves. In this parish, as the pastor, and I hear confessions, and I know the lives of many of our people, there are many people who come to mind, and it's always a fine line I walk when I point out but what comes to mind immediately for me about one who is witnessing to God and his grace is Deacon Dale. A man of faith. A man who has received news uh, that would destroy many people and bring them to their knees. And this man is standing in faith. And he is one of many people in our parish who testify to God. These folks witness to the light just as truly as John the Baptist did. And my friends, the truth of the matter, each one of us must do this. Each one of us must testify. 
For there are so many people in the world today that Christ has become a dim or distant figure, or they simply do not know really who he is. As such, the words of today's gospel are literally true. There stands among you one who you do not know, who you do not recognize. So Christ still needs witnesses, people who can effectively and compassionately make known him to other people. But my friends, we cannot be witnesses for the light if we are living in darkness. The call is, as St. Paul would say, to holiness. It is not to perfection. He uses the word perfection, but he said, let that perfection be in holiness. We have to be living in the light, to be children of the light. A good and a holy life is a strong witness and in itself is a type of proclamation of the gospel, if I were to kind of paraphrase St. Francis of Assisi. But my friends, when religious practice is divorced from practicality in life, a vital element becomes missing. But when religious practice leads to deeds, practical deeds, it becomes a very effective witness to God. No witness reaches others as persuasively and free of suspicion as the witness of those who do what Jesus has commanded and to do it with sincerity and integrity and joy. Without the witness of Christians, the face of Christ, which seemingly is already blurred in this world, for so many will continue to fade from our world. He will continue to stand among us, but he will go unknown and unrecognized and thus not experienced by others. And those people, their hearts will remain hurt and broken and they will remain lost. And they will remain imprisoned in darkness. And the good news will not have reached them. And when we think about it, it will be our fault. It's time for us to act as disciples in all things. In Jesus, the hidden God came clothed in our humanity. To see him is to see the Father, John 14, 9. Before the coming of Jesus, God was seen as distant and remote. But since the coming of Jesus, we who have faith no longer see God as someone remote. We know God as someone who is close and who is concerned about each one of us. And furthermore, there is a question that none of us should ever ask, does God love me? Does God like me? Jesus has come and answered that for you. Of all the questions, that one should be gone. But I can't tell you how many times I hear it over and over again. It's frustrating. Because it tells me, you don't know Jesus Christ. Because if you did, you wouldn't be asking that question. <laughs> 
There's a whole other one that you certainly can ask, but not that. Jesus reveals God as a loving and compassionate Father who is interested in all that we do. A God who is not far away from us, but is in our midst, Luke 22, 27, and who is deeply, deeply interested in you. A God who is especially close to the weak, to the poor, and to those who are overburdened in this world. To know God in this way is a cause for joy. This is the joy which is proclaimed by the Gospels and which is announced to us now and furthermore a message and a task that we disciples today are asked to take to others. Luke 22:29. Friends, on this Sunday we call it Gaudete, which is Rejoice Sunday. And the, uh, the priest wears ro um, rose-colored vestments and the rose uh, candle is lit and what does it mean? <laughs> it means that Christmas is almost here. It is almost upon us. That's what it means. But it also reminds us to rejoice in all things and in all times. And my friends, um, I want to remind everyone what Christmas is about. Particularly because I think if we can remind ourselves what Christmas is really about, we will always have reason to rejoice. My friends, our catechism tells us four reasons why Jesus the Christ came. The first reason, the Word became flesh for us in order to save us and to reconcile us with God the Father. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 457. Second reason, Jesus came um, so we might know God's love. Item number 458 from the Catechism. The third reason was to show us the way, to be a model of holiness for us. He showed us how to do this because the religious leaders of his time didn't know how to do this. As a matter of fact, he criticized them, said, you laid heavy burdens on my people. So the Father sent his Son to show us. The fourth reason why the Word became flesh was, and this is the one that is of great joy, to make us partakers of his divine nature. In other words, to make us adopted children of God and heirs with Jesus Christ, with all the rights and benefits that it brings especially the awareness that one day, one day, we will be sharing in all things, but in particularly eternal life with God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why he came. He did not come to point the finger at you and judge you. Cain, that you would know and experience the Father. He would say this to his apostles before he left. You asked me to show you the Father. Have I been with you so long? And yet you do not know me. <laughs> to this day, that still is fascinating. 
and my friends, Deacon Dale. Deacon Dale is a deacon here, and he's also my friend. And he has done a lot for this parish. He has celebrated weddings with many of you. He has celebrated funerals. He has helped you through times, and he has buried loved ones for you. He has allowed you to lean on him as a pillar. Now he needs us. He needs your prayers. He needs the witness of your faith to help him. And we can do this. We have an opportunity set before us. And my words, not his. To journey with him as he prepares to head to heavenly Jerusalem. We have the opportunity to walk with him. As far as we can go. And then we will have the opportunity to bid him farewell. This parish must do that for him. It is an honor and a privilege. I expect each one of you to do this because it is what the Christian does. We do not often get that opportunity Oftentimes, people pass quickly, and we're not able to do much in that time. We pray that is a lot. But in this case, he will come and he will speak to you directly. But I'm telling you, as your pastor, I expect this. And I'm going to be really cranky if I don't get it. <laughs> But we have the opportunity to do this and to witness. He needs your faith and your witness now to help him. Okay? My friends, I've blessed the straw, not hay. Hay is what they eat. Straw is what they sleep on. Um, we have one basket here at the door, and there's another basket of blessed straw a little bit further down the breezeway. And there's baggies. And for those who have the custom of putting the blessed straw into their, their own crush and uh, major manger seam. So take as much as you need. Um, we have a whole bale, and I can bless some more. All right. <laughs> so my friends, uh, um, the world needs you to witness to Jesus Christ. And the first reading tells us how to go about it. St. Paul tells us how to go about it. And if all that doesn't register with you, simply study Jesus Christ and his life because he came and showed us. But the most important thing that he came to tell us that his Father loves us in all things. That is a source of great joy and hope in the midst of happiness, of course, but in a time of distress and one feels burdened. There is joy and peace 
in Christ's message. My Father loves you. My Father loves you. My friends, uh, uh, a number of folks have asked, can they email? Yes, Deacon Dale, you can email him using the email that's on our website in the bulletin, and you can certainly send him uh, letters and cards here to the parish. Like I said, he will return and speak with you directly uh, in time, okay? Remember, God loves you. In all things, uh, we are to be people of joy and hope. Amen?